Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Our artist of the day today, Steve Pat Benatar, is picked by you and Jordan yesterday. It is her birthday today. Picked her over David Bowie, one of the worst decisions in the history of mankind, but we'll let you guys go with it. Invincible, 1985. You shouldn't have offered the choice. No, no, you, that's what I like to you, do. I like if you to, didn't want my opinion. I like you guys to make bad decisions. All right. Uh, well, we love talking Giants football with John Schmelk every Tuesday uh, at this time, and, and he joins us now as we look uh, ahead to the playoffs. But before we get to the playoffs, John, I, I, I do want to ask you about the topic we were talking about in our first segment. I don't know how early you jumped on on this call, but uh, we were talking, obviously, about the national title game last night, and, and Paulie said he would prefer to lose like that over like a last-second field goal or a last-second shot. I don't need that hanging uh, over my head the whole life, the rest of my life. And and I said the opposite. I said if I you know if I'm a player, I would prefer to you know have a competitive game and and lose like lose the way Ohio State did compared to lose the way TCU did. What what, what are your thoughts on that? TCU didn't hit Georgia with their best shot. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. Um, yeah. That was a that was a Pat Benatar yes, reference, I, by I the way. Yes. Yes. Good see, work. see, uh, he's he's a Pat Benatar fan. See. <laughs> No, in, in fairness, while you guys brought the song on, I did have to Google famous Pat Benatar songs <laughs> to, to, to remind myself of the title. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I'm sorry. Now I lost track of your question. What did you ask? Would you me? rather Would you know. rather lose the way Ohio State, State did oh, or the way you. TCU did? Yeah, you look, I, I, look I, I hate losing close games too, but the way that game was non-competitive from the go and you basically got laughed out of there, that's rough. I, I think that game was so bad last night. I think I'd rather be competitive and lose in a close one. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Paulie's a different cat. So. I worry about my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Something you'd be thinking about the rest yeah, of your life. Like, right? I don't, yeah, I get it. I, well, you don't want to lose either way. You like, want to be the but. Utah Jazz and just think your whole life like, man, Michael Jordan pushed off on that shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right, let's talk some Giants football now, John. And, and you know, we, we've been hearing it a little bit around the office here. We got some Giants fans here, a little bit on social media. Some Giants fans not thrilled, um, you know, that, you know, the Giants were going up against a, you know, a hated rival in the Eagles and, and, you know, didn't give them their best shot. And, you know, they're waiting for the playoffs and, and decided to kind of take it easy and coast through the regular season finale. Um, I guess what, what would be your response to those, uh, those fans that, that are upset by that? I think those fans should be pretty happy that Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, and all those guys they arrested are going to be healthy this week and probably be as healthy as they've been in, in a month and a half. So, look, if, if the, I said this to you guys last week, I believe, you know, I don't have a great, and no one from the outside would have a great sense of what this team needed in the final week, like the head coach. And I think one thing Brian Dable's proven this year, he has a pretty good feel for the pulse of this team. And if he thought what this team needed was a little bit of a break to get ready for the first round, I think that's what you, you know, I think you have to trust that he knows what's best for the team. And I get it. You hate the Eagles. You want to win the game. I get all that. But let's be honest. If the Giants go out there and beat the Vikings this week, 10 years from now, is anyone going to care that they didn't 
you know, play all their starters against the Eagles in the final regular season game? No, I don't think so. The same way Texans fans are always going to remember the way they came back and beat the Colts and lost in the one overall draft pick. So I think you have to take always take the bigger picture look at things rather than worry about the micro. Yeah, that is a great point. That was that was an odd ending uh, to that uh, that Texans game, uh, going for two and uh, as you said, throwing away the number one pick. Um, you know, you talk about health, John, and it, you know, you you look on the the defensive side of the ball, and you know, Dory Jackson and Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams. Or what's the latest on those guys? And and do do you expect them to to be super up uh, come this weekend. Yeah, all three are expected to practice in one way, shape, or form on Wednesday. Ojolari and Leonard Williams had been playing, so I, I don't have any doubt that they'll be on the field in one way, shape, or form. Um, how great they'll be, I think Leonard Williams will be fine. You know, he's kind of dealing with that stinger issue, so if he gets hit the wrong way, it'll bother him. If he doesn't, he'll be okay. Uh, Aziz Ojolari sprained that ankle a few weeks ago. He even played two weeks ago on it, played like seven, eight snaps. So I think he'll be fine. Again, whether or not he'll be his usual bursty self, we'll see. Dory Jackson's the question, right? You know, two weeks ago, he, you know, we thought he would have a real chance that he didn't go. And then last week he was doubtful and he's practiced for two straight weeks now. So I would think he's going to go, but he was asked about it after the game on Sunday. I was in that scrum with him. And he was very cagey about it. So I'm not sure if that's just him playing the game or if he's really not sure. But if I had to guess, all three guys will be on the field. You know, you talk about Brian Dable and how he's, you know, got a, a pulse uh, on his team and, and and knows, you know, what they're thinking and feeling. And, and is, he's been, you know, making all the right moves this year. When you look at the, the coach of the year, not that the coach of the year voting matters, but it is a topic with, with the Giants. It's a topic with the Bills as well. A lot of people think Sean McDermott, uh, you know, should be coach of the year, especially the way he handled, the, you know, the last week and a half. Do um, you think Brian Dable's the coach of the year? Who, who would you give it to right now? Yeah, I think there are a lot of good candidates, right? I think Nick Sirianni's a candidate. I think maybe the last few weeks maybe, you know, derailed that a little bit. Um, I think, frankly, I think the Vikings head coach is a candidate. Did anyone think they would have this record and, and go and go this far? Um, you know, I think if, if the Steelers would have made the playoffs, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, you know, what well, they're in the playoffs. Anybody think the Seahawks would be in the playoffs? I think they're, I think he's a candidate. So I think there are a lot of good candidates out there. But look, Brian Dable, first year in a new job. I think most people thought the Giants would have it's not a top 10 pick this year, maybe even a top five or six pick in the draft. And for them to have that wrapped up in clinch heading into the final week of the year, I get other fans. I think there were good arguments for other coaches. But to me, I have a hard time arguing someone is a better candidate then Brian Dable, who's gotten the most out of this team with a lot of young players, dealt with a lot of injuries this year and still got him to the postseason. And by the way, the only division in football where every team is 500 or better, yeah, I, I think he'd be a good choice. Yeah, it's certainly a strong case uh, can be made. All right, let's look ahead now to, to this matchup, and it is a rematch. We saw Giants-Vikings and went right down to the wire, and, and the spread happens to be three for this game, and uh, you know, a field goal decided it the first time around. Uh, what, what do you make of this matchup, and uh, you know, what do you like about this matchup from a Giants perspective? Yeah, everyone keeps asking me about the game, and I say it's a coin toss. Look, I think these teams are fairly evenly matched. Um you know, that game on Christmas Eve two weeks ago, the Giants lost by a field goal, final 61-yard kick. The Giants had a pump blocked in that game. They had a fumble in that game, and they had an interception in that game. So they were minus three in turnover ratio. Still was tied in the final second. So I think you feel good about it from that perspective. The Giants in that game, you know, passed it more than they had all year except for one other game. They had 52 dropbacks to pass in that game, only 17 running plays, which is... Not what this team normally does, but the Vikings' pass defense was poor. And Daniel Jones had maybe his best game of the year. So will they have that same approach? I think it's interesting. 
Uh, the Vikings defense is not very good. I think you can pass on it. I think you can run on it. They have a couple good pass rushers, but their secondary just doesn't cover all that well, to be quite honest with you. So I think the Giants should be able to move the ball. Uh, defensively for the Giants, look, the Vikings have a lot of good weapons. Dalvin Cook's a good running back. Justin Jefferson's probably the best receiver in the sport. And Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne are good players. TJ Hawkinson killed him 400 yards last game. When they played him, they tried to get him in a lot of one-on-one matchups. You know, one of the reasons the Giants were so good in that last game is that Dexter Lawrence, their nose tackle, dominated the Vikings' backup center, Austin Schlotman. There's a chance Bradbury, their starting center, is back this week. If not, they'll be playing a different center there. So I wonder if Lawrence can't be as dominant. Will the Giants' defense hold up as well? I think that's a real question. The Giants played a lot more zone than man compared to what they usually do in that game. So I think, you know, can the Giants offense be as productive as it was in that first game? It was probably their best offensive game of the year. And can they control the Vikings offense? You know, can they hold them to 21, 24, like they did last game, 27, somewhere in that area? If they do, I think they got a real chance to win the game. So do you think defensively it'll be a, a similar approach to the first time around? Because you're right, you know, the Vikings had a lot of yards. I mean, Justin Jefferson, as you mentioned, best wide receiver in the league. He had 133 yards. He had 12 catches. He had a touchdown. Do you think they, they can live with that, or or do you think they they adjust the approach defensively at all to try and limit him to some degree? It is kind of pick your poison with that offense, but you think defensively it'll be the same approach? Yeah, I think so. And look, heading into the midway through the fourth quarter, I think he only had like six catches for 80 yards, and he maybe maybe 50 or 60 yards, and he kind of had a few big plays towards the end of that game, which 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 killed the Giants and really moved the game. Yeah, I think the Giants will be okay with keeping things in front of them. The Vikings did not have a number of huge explosive plays in that game that were game changing. You know, they had a couple. I don't think they had maybe one or two plays over 25 yards, but not many. So I think they can live with that. They know they're not going to shut down Justin Jefferson or shut down the Vikings offense. The Giants blitzed on more than 50 percent of the pass plays in that game. I think they'll do it again. Try to rattle Kirk Cousins and try to, again, create some of those turnovers. They dropped interception in that game. They had another interception callback from DPI. So I think their approach will largely stay the same. I do wonder about their offensive balance, run pass, if that changes a little bit, to be honest with you. But I thought Wing Martindale did a great job mixing man and zone. I think, you know, they matched up well in some of those spots. Like the Vikings ran some man-beating pass plays. The Giants were in zone on those plays. I think they'll try to do that again to try to just limit this Vikings offense, which can be explosive. All right, John, uh, last one uh, with the playoff start. And who's your favorite out of the NFC? Who's your favorite out of the AFC? I think you got to like the 49ers right now out of the NFC. I don't know if Jalen Hurts can run the way he used to and take those hits, and I think that's essential to the Eagles' offense to function. Though I am afraid Brock Purdy is going to have that rookie game coming up at some point, right? He's going to throw two or three picks and, you know, they could lose that game. But I think you're looking at you know, Dallas has a shot, but boy, they did not play well the last two weeks. So uh, I think San Francisco and we'll see about Jalen Hurts' health. And in the AFC, look, I think you can, I know there's no three-sided coin, but if I had one, I'd flip it between the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills. They're all really, really good. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs this year. I think it's their time. I think they've done a really nice job. Uh, they didn't make it last year. I think Mahomes is still the best player in the sport. So I'll go Chiefs 49ers. All right. Uh, I hope you're wrong on the AFC side. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, those three teams. Hey, look, Bills or Bengals uh, yeah. would not surprise me. They're great. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I mean, all three teams are really good. Um, I think the winner's coming out of the AFC. But, uh, John, great stuff as always. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Paulie. I was just going to say before we end the segment, uh, some breaking New York sports news. Uh, Jeff Passan reporting that Carlos Correa is signing with the Minnesota Twins. Oh, a six-year, wow. $200 million. Contract. How about that? 
How about a lot of twists hey, and okay. turns of that story. contract got down to six years, man. It was what was it, eight or eleven for the Mets, whatever it was gonna yeah. be. So yeah. it know. is it is pending the physical though, so. <laughs> but he was there before though, so if anyone has a feel for that guy's right. health, it should be the twins. Yeah, no doubt. Uh all right, John, great stuff as always. Enjoy the week. Uh, enjoy the playoff game. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Look forward to it. All right, there he is. John Schmelk, uh, reporter host for the New York Giants. And with that, we'll take a timeout. We'll uh, open up the uh, the phone lines back up until uh, until 1245. So we got a segment before we get to Alan Griffin. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio.